Welcome to the Terry and Jesse Show. Father Charles Murr is going to be my guest today. And boy, do we have a full show today. Holy mackerel. And just keep in mind, folks, the Dodger Stadium prayer vigil that we're going to be praying and making reparation for the sacrileges that the Dodgers are doing, promoting the Perpetual Sisters of, of um, uh, Indulgences, which is a homosexual group faking they look like uh, just trying to be nuns, which they're not. And um, they do all kinds of horrible things like fund uh, kids to get their uh, sex changes. Uh, that's not charitable work as far as I can see. It's a sacrilegious thing they're doing. And we, we're going to be talking about eight modern errors every Catholic should know and avoid from Monsignor Charles Pope. This is a very important topic. We're also going to be talking about the way you worship is the way you believe, which is the Mass. Lots of good things to talk about. Uh, Father Murr will be joining us, but I want to give you the need-to-know file. Why do I do this every day but need-to-know? I just want you to know what in the world is going on uh, in the world. Um, the Biden administration here in California is stripping funding from Christian churches, like Catholic churches, uh, and preschoolers for opposing the LGBT ideology. So basically, we're going to be persecuted for living out our Catholic faith. And this is what's going on around the world, so we have to stand strong. Also, good to know, file Bishop Athanasius Snyder's back in the uh, news. He's appealing to Pope Francis to revoke lay voting rights before the Senate on synodality. Great point, because we've never done that before, and it's a bishop's conference. It's not a, it's not a lay group conference. Makes sense to me. Also, we got two good bishops who just came out strong against uh, immorality. Bishop Joseph Strickland, our our American's bishop, he denounces Father James Martin for uh, just supposing that the Sacred Heart of Jesus and Pride Month have something in common. <clears throat> uh, what uh, Strickland says, this is what I like about a bishop. He says, this blasphemy must stop, a faithful bishop and defender of the faith said. That uh, will be on our show tomorrow with the Bishop Strickland Hour. He's also going to talk a lot, a lot about the errors that are going on in the church and how to correct them. Last Bishop, who's actually condemning the Dodgers. Well, actually, I have two people. Cardinal Dolan, from 3,000 miles away, uh, is uh, saying that uh, condemns the Dodgers for honoring drag nuns. This is, some, not, this is not a benevolent, humorous uh, group. This is a group that attacks the Catholic faith, and I appreciate that. I mean, we're going to be at Dodger Stadium, God willing, on Friday to make reparation for that. And then I wish we had more of our leaders in our church who would have the guts to show up with us. And I know it's dangerous. I get that. You never Life is dangerous. But you know what? You should be inspired by the Catholic Women's Organization. Are you ready for this? The Catholic Daughters of America. I've spoken at many of their groups, meetings. They have 60,000 women here in America. And you know what they said? They're saying boycott the Dodgers for promoting blasphemous drag nuns. And I have to say this about the girls. I mean, I don't usually say this about women. <laughs> I'm serious. But they've got courage in, the, in, a, in a fight. In other words, for the fight, they're standing up for women, for the faith, and say, we can't support this. And I see a lot of men, you know, dressed like Father Charles Murr. I'm sorry to have to say, they don't want to come out and fight the good fight and make reparation because they said, well, it's dangerous or we don't want to cause problems, you know. Let's just pray. Well, this is a two-punch. This is your left and your right. You've got to have both. Father Murr, I see you on the show. Thanks for joining us here on the Terry and Jesse Show. Hey, Terry. Always a pleasure. How you doing? I'm blessed by the best. And I just gave some good news on women 
uh, Catholics who are standing up to the culture of death. A couple bishops are doing that. Good. And uh, we're going to be talking uh, about how uh, we have modern errors in the church and that every Catholic should know about them and how to avoid these errors and much, much more. I want to give people an update before we get the gospel. I'm, my phone can't, I mean, for the last week I have not, I, I can't keep up with all the calls because people are asking about the uh, march and what we call a Jericho march where we're making reparation for the sacrileges that are going on with down at Dodger Stadium. Uh, we we have rented porter potties. I just have a contract here for the PA system that'll be able to be heard for five or ten thousand people. Uh, Costs a lot of money, but you people have been donating to support us, and I thank you for that. If you do want to support us, go to vmpr.org and say I want to support your efforts down at Dodger Stadium, and I thank you for that. Or I give my cell number. People make donations that way: six six one nine seven two seven eight seven two. So we've got lots to talk about, but let's get some soul food. And I want to tease you. I have Archbishop Sheen joining us today, his own voice, talking about how to fight the devil. Wait till you hear that one. So, Father Murr, if you could be so good, this is one of the classic readings from the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew chapter 5, verse 1 to 12. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew. Glory to you, Glory to Lord. You, Lord. Seeing the crowds, Jesus went up to the mountain, and when he sat down, his disciples came to him. And he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, where they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And blessed are you when men revile you and persecute you and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad, for your reward is great in heaven. For so men persecuted the prophets who were before you. The gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Well, I'm, there you are. I know, there but I mean, it's pretty clear, isn't it? About I, li- I, like, I like that. I, I, I always say this, Terry. Tell me. If IBM or Twitter, I, I've, I've got to get more modern, or not IBM. Apple anymore. or whatever, yeah. Big company. Right. If they advertised, they're looking for employees and advertised promising persecution, <laughs> jail, and death, and how many people do you think would sign up? Yeah. And yet this is what this is what Christ promised those who follow him persecution, jail, he says in another place and death. Right? He said and and if the world hated me before, they're certainly going to hate you. Don't worry about that. That's good. that's what's coming. So, this is what's promised. And yet we have hundreds and hundreds of millions of Catholics mm-hmm. who ascribe to this 
who believe this and follow this as well as they can, some better, some worse. Mm -hmm. But this is a, I, I always love that. Yeah. This is, this is, these are the promises. And you know, these are the promises. Father, the first 300 years of the church was persecution. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I, every Pope, every vigor of Christ died for the faith for the first 300 years. So does that tell you right. something? And, but you know what's interesting about that? That's when we had the biggest growth of the church. Is there a connection? You know what's 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 funny too? Tell me. It, there's a line in Saint Paul. I, I'm not exactly sure where in which one of the epistles, mm -hmm. but he actually says to priests to pray for the grace to become bishops. Yeah. And I always thought that was strange that because mean? I knew I knew some I, I knew some classmates who I was sure had mitres hidden in their in their <laughs> in the bottom of the drawer. Right. Yeah. They were looking to be bishops. But the reason he was saying to pray for it was. Because all of the bishops ended up being killed, yeah, being martyred, yeah. and nobody really wanted to be bishop. Yes, and that's why that's why it was to pray for that special grace. I know you've told this story, and I'm going to do Bishop Sheen on the other side of the uh, great because this is a story you tell about the Holy Father in the 1950s, when bishops were persecuted in China, and there was a Chinese bishop who was the first Chinese bishop. And he decided to do something else. Can you tell us that story, what the Holy Father did? Yeah, just quickly, Mother Pasqualina told it to me herself. Mm -hmm. uh, the, the Holy Father, Pope Pius XII, was very, uh, was very excited about internationalizing the College of Cardinals. Mm -hmm. He wanted Africans, he wanted Asians, he wanted, sure. he wanted men from every, every uh, continent. Yeah. Right? So finally, he named the first Chinese cardinal mm -hmm. and very pleased with that and everything was going along fine until the communists took over in 19 was it 49 49 right the communists took over china and he escaped with his life and showed up a few days later in the vatican hmm. and wanted to see the pope now this kind of a strange parallel. We have another. We had another Chinese Chinese cardinal who wanted to see the Pope for another reason, and he was rejected, made to sit for three days in a chair. Wow. However, this 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 uh, this Chinese cardinal was not received by the Holy Father. He refused to receive him. Wow. And he sent he sent Mother Pasqualina down to see him. <laughs> She's a tough lady. And, he said, he said, I'll send a lady down. She can <laughs> she can deal with it, right? Yeah. Which she did. She was one tough, she was one tough lady, I'll yeah. tell you that. She was something, a powerhouse. But anyway, she went down and she said to him, The Holy Father asks why you're here. And he said, Well, the Chinese communists, the communists have taken over China, and I I, I barely escaped with my life. She hang said, on, friend, hang on. This is a good teaser to bring you back for the second segment here. This story you'll never forget in your life. It's beautiful. Absolutely. Stay with us. You're listening to the Terry and Jesse Show. Father Charles Rose telling us a story about a Chinese bishop who left China on his own and didn't stay there. Wait till you hear what Mother Capitania said to her. Stay with us, family. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. Father Charles Murr, my good friend for decades, is here. And he's telling a wonderful story, an inspirational story about a bishop from China who fled 
the communist persecution in 1949. You talk about him wanting to uh, visit the Holy Father, and uh, Father, um, the Holy Father sends a woman down, his secretary, and I think that's where you're at at this story. What, what happened after that? Well, he sends Mother Pasqualina down to meet the Cardinal, who wanted to see the Pope, of course, personally. Yeah. And the Pope refused to receive him. Yeah. And so Mother Pasqualina came down and met him with the message from the Pope. And uh, he explained that the, the, the revolution took place and he was lucky to have escaped with his life. <laughs> she said, well, the Holy Father wishes to know why you're here. Why aren't you back in China? And he said, well, I just told you, I escaped with my life. <laughs> they were about to put me in prison and kill me. Yeah. And she said, that's exactly where you should be. You should be in prison. You should be in prison or willing to give up your life. Man. And the Holy Father asks if you have any real idea why you're dressed in red as a cardinal. Because you promised to spill your blood in defense of Christ and the church. And he'd like to know, the Holy Father would like to know what you're doing here in Rome. Right? And he did not receive him. He did not receive him. Because these men were supposed to be, and they said when they became cardinals, that they were willing to give their blood, yep. give their lives in defense of, the, of Christ and of the church. And uh, he proved himself unworthy of that. And, and Father, didn't he end up going to America and living out a very quiet life? Yeah, he, he lived sad. for the rest of his life in Chicago. Yeah, it's so sad. That's what I thought. Now, I want to bring the smartest guy into the room, another bishop, but this is a bishop who was willing to live like that. Archbishop Fulton Sheen. Full Sheen ahead. I'm going to play a clip by Bishop Sheen, and it's about how to fight the devil. I think this is important that we hear this. Mr. Engineer, play that clip. And I will tell you the three powerful weapons against Satan. First, the holy name of Jesus. That is a name that Satan cannot stand. Because in the name of Jesus, every knee will bow in the heavens, on the earth, and under the earth. The second, the blood of Christ. The invocation of the blood of Christ. But we are saved by the blood of Christ. And therefore, in temptation, call upon his blood. For without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. And thirdly, devotion to our Blessed Mother. For at the beginning, in the book of Genesis, it was the seed of a woman that would crush the seed of Satan. We are armed with three, these three weapons. The Holy Name, the Blood of Christ, and the Blessed Mother. Well, he nailed it there, Father Murr. I know you've heard that before because you listened to Bishop Sheen's priest retreat, but for those of us listening, um, the three points he makes, the holy name of Jesus as power. I mean, there's a booklet that Tan put out, the holy name of Jesus. I have it. I bought multiple copies. It's just so beautiful. The saints have used the name of Jesus in such beautiful ways of, of, of sending the devil flying. And then the blood of Christ. And, and Bishop Sheen always talked about the shedding of blood and the remission of sin. And then the third item that he mentioned was Our Lady. Why would Our Lady be so devastating to the devil. Well, think about it. She was the first tabernacle of our blessed Lord, and she brought Christ to the world to crush him. And so I wanted to get your take on that comment by Bishop Sheen on those three points. What can I, what can I add to that? <laughs> I mean, what, what can I add to that? I mean, it's fantastic. There was, there was a, a, 
a comment that G.K. Chesterton made yeah. about Our Lady, Our Lady of Sorrows. Okay. And of course, in his own inimitable fashion, Chesterton said, uh, many contemplate, and let me just put it this way for, for people who don't know this, Our Lady of Sorrows has traditionally in art and in statuary been represented with seven swords through her heart. The, this is the, the sorrows of Mary mm -hmm. during life. Uh, and G.K. Chesterton says, you may, if you wish, contemplate on those seven sorrows, on those seven swords that pierced her heart. He said, but never forget to look at the sword that's in her hand. It's so beautiful. That one, that, that one to do battle. Yeah. That one to do battle. And if I just may, may sure. say this. Please do. Anytime, anytime in the history of the church, in yeah. our 2,000-year history, yeah. that you see a problem, an attack against Jesus Christ, a heresy against Christ, a heresy that, that is a Christological, the first thing they start with is Mary. Isn't that interesting? The first thing they they start attacking is the Virgin Mary. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So you, in, in other words, you have to go through her to get to Christ, Absolutely. even to attack him. Right. Yeah. Well it's said. A, that well, woman is strong. Yeah. Amen. Well, thank you, Bishop Sheen. And again, I want to pray for the Bishop Sheen's beatification to get it back on target. We're going to have a day with Bishop Sheen, October seventh, here at our chapel. It's on our website. I have. Many men who, uh, Catholic priests and lay people who have a great love for the content of Bishop Sheen's writings. And we really want to see his writings get more widely distributed because we, I believe, and I know you do too, Father, that the writings of Fulton Sheen, especially the life of Christ, could bless so many people in introducing them to the name of Christ. Am I right? Magnificent, magnificent book. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I use uh, for all of the convert classes that I've given to, over the years. Uh, the life of Christ as as a basic textbook. Because if you have to to, to become a Catholic, yeah. you have to know and love Christ. That's that's fundamental. And I don't think there's any any way to know and love Christ better than than the life of Christ by Fulton J. Sheen. I mean that. I agree with you, Father. And as a matter of fact, we use it at our convert classes every Tuesday here at the Sacred Heart Chapel, and it's on our YouTube channel. Full Sheen Ahead, and we teach a 12-week course for the Anglican Ordinariate converts. They don't wait a year to become a Catholic. In 12 weeks, we give them Fulton Sheen's Life is Worth Living. We give them the Life of Christ recording on, on an audio file. And then we take the Baltimore Catechism number 4, which is the adult book, and we go through Good. the fundamentals of the faith. So if you want to join us, Good. do that. All right, Father, I, I'm... I'm I'm, there's so much to talk about. I'm gonna. I'm, I'm scratching my bed, saying, "Lord, what do you want me to cover first? But Monsignor Charles Pope, I really respect this man. I've met him. Uh, he is uh, someone who communicates the faith in a very clear way. Has a great love for Fulton Sheen, I might add. And he wrote an article called Eight Modern Errors Every Catholic Should Know and Avoid." Now, I want to get to those errors because the number one error that he talks about is mercy without ref ref reference to repentance. But before I do that, Father Murr, indulge in me for a minute. I mean, I'm just, I talk to you off the air and I have a concern. I said, you know, Father, I'm, I'm in my mid-60s. I've seen a lot after the Vatican II Council. I go to daily Mass every day since I was 14 years old, the Novus Ordo Mass. I go to Latin Mass. 
I go to Trinitine Mass. I go to a Melkite Rite Mass. I go to the Anglican Ordinarian. And Mass is beautiful. But one of my concerns I have is now it's coming clearer is I've been around for 50 years going to Mass plus 50 years, and I see some really crazy things go on, and nothing is done. They're using invalid matter for the Mass. I walk away. I see clown Masses. I walk away. And it concerns me because Archbishop Newman uh, out in Kansas City and Kansas and and, uh, Kansas just put out a letter saying, hey, these priests have been using invalid matter for the Holy Mass for for decades. And this has been going on, I believe, in other parishes, in a lot of parishes. And nothing has been said, and we just continue to go on. And those people didn't receive the graces of the Mass because they didn't follow the rubrics. I mean, it's simple. Follow the rubrics. You know that song says, uh, you know, follow the signs? Yeah, there's a missile, and you guys are supposed to follow the rubrics of the Mass, and everything is fine. But I think what's happened, and then I'll let you give my, and you can correct me. I told you this. Correct me on the air, Father. I don't mind. Uh, but I believe that when the Second Vatican Council came out with this document on the new liturgy, uh, people hoodwinked it and took away uh, things like the priest turns around and says, the Lord be with you in ad orientum. They took a lot of things, said communion in the hand we started seeing. That had nothing to do with the Vatican II document. So my question to you as a priest, because you've got a few years on me, but not many. You probably saw the same oh. things I saw as a young man. Doesn't it make sense that we should go back and get the liturgy right so that we can get everything else right? Undoubtedly. 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 That's exactly right. That, uh, the first thing would be that. Be, why, why, why is that so important? Because it's the fount of grace mm -hmm. to all Catholics yeah. who eats my body and drinks my blood, lives in me and I in him. Amen. This is These are words of Christ. Who does not eat my body and does not drink my blood, does not have life in him and I don't live. He doesn't live in me and I don't live in him. Yeah. It, John 6. I mean, these are strong words. They are. When you're talking, when you're talking about playing around. Ugh. And I and I I will use that word playing around with the liturgy, oh, playing cool. around with serious the mass, matter, playing playing around, toying with the most sacred yeah, sacrament in the world, the, the the sacrament that makes Christ present on our altars in our midst, playing around with it, uh, and in this case. You're talking about the validity of the sacrament. Yeah, if you're not right. using the proper bread and the proper wine, exactly. how many how many parishes I've gone to? Jesse, you knew me traveling around. I, I traveled for yeah. years, giving retreats and preaching. I would carry my own wine and my own hosts. You're smart. When I would go to different parishes, because I, you know, they've got. The, I, you know, somebody said this, and I, I, I stole it because I thought it was so wonderful. Yeah. You go to the sacristy for to, for the wine, and it's Father Bob's favorite rosé. Yes. You know, it's not it's not altar wine. It's not sacramental no. wine. No. And it, it anyway. This is this is by the way, I'm not giving a plug to the to uh, to uh, uh, the, the Society of Pope Pius X. I don't mean it that way. Mm -hmm. But when when the priests of the society and of other societies also mm -hmm. say to people, you should go to the Tridentine Mass because there's some, there might be a question of validity in the Novus Ordo. Mm -hmm. They're not saying that because there might be a question of validity in the language or the this that. Right. They're saying. If if the, there isn't real bread and real wine prescribed by by law, 
you're, you don't have the sacrament. That's what they're saying, all right? So yes, and we've had many and many and many abuses. And at the, at the beginning, our bishop said nothing. Why? Because each one of them was afraid to be labeled anti-conciliar. Yeah. Yep, that was, they, they, they were very they, they didn't want to they didn't want to interrupt anything because nobody knew all of this experimentation was going on and they all they all sat back and said nothing right this is this was terrible it was terrible anyway it's high time I congratulate may I do so on sure on the, on the air? air you bet congratulate the Bishop of, of Kansas City yeah. for for having called that out I was in a parish. I, I, I was in a parish where I had a priest who said mass. I didn't notice this. I didn't notice this for the longest time. But he was saying mass without wine. Unbelievable. Yeah, I, using, I don't want to get into war he using, stories. He was using water. Yeah, it's, using it's water. All right. Well, when they reported that to me, yeah, I had to go back and and go through the, the list of masses that he offered to return the money. Of course you did. We'll be back with more on the Terry and Jesse show. Stay with. Us. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse show. My good friend, Father Charles Murray, is telling some war stories out of school. But, you know, these things happen. Father, I'll never forget at a parish in West Covina, my St. Christopher's, when the extraordinary minister of the Eucharist didn't understand that when they were running out of sacred hosts, she went into the sacristy, which I was back there, and she decided to open up a seal a, a, a cellophane bag you know container of unconsecrated hosts she put them into the saboria and brought them out for the extraordinary minister of the eucharist to hand out as the body of christ i mean this happens way too much but let me just shift gears for a second because i mean these stories I, I don't i could spend the whole hour and you could too talking about that but over the weekend we had corpus christi sunday and we had a traditional priest come to our chapel we had a Eucharistic uh, celebration. He had, did a Trinitine Mass. And then we went out onto the streets of Covina with a, he, with a cope and had a whole thing with the altar boys, everything. We went out onto the streets and did adoration. There were four side altars where you stop. It was just so beautiful. And people coming out of, of the streets looking at us like, what's going on? What's going on? It's our proud to be Catholic day. We're saying people are explaining to people John 6 that unless you eat of my body and drink of my blood, you have no life in you for my blood is real food and my blood is real drink. So the bottom line is it was a great time for us to witness. Now, I know a number of parishes that did that. Now, 30 years ago, I never saw that. 20 years ago, Father, I hadn't seen that. Now, it was common probably when you were a child. Am I onto something? Oh, absolutely. It was absolutely. part of who we were. Absolutely. Now, now let me. Just, you, all, you also, you also had, yes, you also had this program this way. Tell you me. You had first communion. Yes. At first communion. Right. In May. Of course. Therefore, you had the first communicants, boys and girls, all dressed in first communion attire. Yes. In the Corpus Christi procession. That's right. I forgot that, about that, that. That was a whole part of it. That was part of your first communion. Powerful. To be in that procession. It was Powerful. great. Powerful. Father, I'm going to shift gears, and I want to get your take on something. And I know I don't want to blow a, a, a gasket, but I blow a gasket when I see this happening in the church for most of my life, especially in the last 10 years, I'll be honest. Father Charles, I mean, Monsignor Charles Murs said that these are modern errors that every Catholic should know and avoid. 
Number one error, mercy without reference to repentance. He said, for too many today, mercy has come to mean, hey, God is fine with what I'm doing, but true mercy does not overlook sin. It presupposes it, sees it as a serious problem, and offers a way out of sin. God's mercy is the way of extending a hand to draw us out of sin. And this is the line that I wanted to have you take. And that is why repentance is key that unlocks mercy, for it is in repentance that we reach for the grasp of God's merciful, outreached hand. Am I just blind? I see it all the time where people just presume that God is just going to let me in. Oh, I'm fornicating, committing adultery. But you know what? He understands. I I don't need to repent because, you know, we're going to all be saved. Has that been your experience? Have you seen that, especially in the last 10 years, that somehow they think that repentance doesn't necessarily uh, necessary for you to uh, be forgiven of sin? Absolutely, absolutely. It's horrible. When you, when you, when you also, when you also have someone in, in Rome telling you that you must not ask questions of people in the confessional, you must, uh, you must not do this, you must not do that. Yeah. But I mean, what is that? Look, here, here it's very simple. Tell real me. simple formula. If you do not ask for God's mercy, yeah, you deal with God's justice. Yeah. It's not true. Of course, God loves everyone. Of course, he- God loves everyone. There's no question. Yes. However, he also wants our, our change in our heart. Yeah, he, he loves us repentance. so much that he wants us to change. Yeah. yeah. Go and sin no more. Amen. Go and sin no more to everyone that he met. Right? Yeah. The next one, Bishop Sheen talked about it when you were a younger priest in the 70s. And he talked about without Good Friday, there's no Easter Sunday. But he said that... Uh, Monsignor talked about many Catholics, including priests and bishops, are downright fearful when pointing to the demands of the cross. So we have a fear of the cross, is what the Monsignor is saying. When the world protests and says, are you saying that those that have same-sex attractions cannot get married, are sexually intimate, must live a kind of celibacy? The honest answer is absolutely yes. (laughs) We're afraid to say that? Yeah. He says, but since that is a hard rooted in the cross, many Catholics are dreadful and afraid of a straightforward, honest answer. You know, Father Murr, I see that at Dodger Stadium right now. Many of the clergy do not want to confront the evil that's going on down there, and they'd rather just stay comfortably in their rectories and not send people down to make reparation for those sacrilegious because they're afraid you're, you're making you're, you're reminding me of something that happened when i was in new york a pastor in new york yeah i had a couple i had a couple yep. a homosexual couple of okay. men yep come they, they wanted to put their son they adopted a child yeah in in the catholic school in our school okay and they said we wondered if there was going to be a problem yeah i said well there's no problem Certainly, I, he can he can join he can join the the, the the school here. That would be wonderful to have. I said, but I want the two of you to understand something. He's going to be taught Catholic doctrine, Catholic discipline, and Catholic teaching on also on on everything, including homosexuality. He's going to get the Catholic perspective. Yeah. We are not going to. In other words, you're putting him into a situation where he's going to be in conflict. With the two of you. That's right. Yeah, right. 
They said, well, you can't do that. And I said, I can't do that. That's what you're standing up for, brother. (laughs) Come on, of course. So, yes, I I, I think most priests are are afraid of it. They don't want any confrontation. Yeah, and and I see that even in with our bishops. And this is one reason I don't, I I guess I'm prejudiced. I get to do a show with Bishop Joseph Strickland every week, Father Murr. And every week— What a, what a grace. Out, yeah. What a grace. What, what a grace. He, he just came out and denounced Father James Martin for tying in devotion to the Sacred Heart to Pride Month, to homosexuality. And, <laughs> no, you know, he said this is a sacrilege. Yeah. Of course it is. But, but the point of it is, where is everybody else? And I think that is fear of the cross, because you will suffer when you speak the truth of Christ. That's basically a biblical worldview. We're also afraid, we're also, I'm talking about the clergy, we are also afraid of our own. Ah, yeah. We are afraid of our own, not just of the world. I see. We're afraid of how we're going to be judged by other clergy members. Wow. That's, that's, and that's, that's a, that's a strong uh, statement. Well, your friend and mine, Monsignor William Smith, uh, I think. Great man. Great 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 man. He used to say on his cassette tapes that I used to listen to on moral theology back 30, 40 years ago. He said, a problem with most priests is they want to be liked. Yep. And I, yep. Thought, I thought, wow, he's nailing it. Yeah, nobody wants to be like, you know, oh, no, do you like me? I won't talk about contraception because then they might not like me. You know, you know, there was a, there was a book called How to Win Friends and Influence People. Do you remember Dale that? Dale Carnegie, I read it. Dale Carnegie. And what did it tell you? It told you if you could read the whole book, at the end it came to this conclusion. Mm-hmm. Just keep saying yes to people. <laughs> exactly. That's all. You, they, I, I could I could spare you the 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 cost of the book and the yeah. three hundred some pages. That it, just keep saying yes. Well, this is what a lot of priests want to do too. Yeah. They want to be yes men. They yeah. don't want to get into a conflict and they don't want to stand up for what's right. Father might be unpopular. Yes, Father. There's two of them that are really we kind of touched on universal salvation, but I want to give this one because this is what's happening down at Dodger Stadium today. And it's the word, a deformed dialogue. He says, the term dialogue has come to mean almost endless conversation. You grew up with it. Oh, let's dialogue on this issue. Baloney. As such, it lacks a clear goal to convince the other. It usually means, let's just talk. And our culture, you know what else, Terry? Tell you me. know what else, Terry? No, let me, let me so, tell you something on that. Tell me. I can't tell you how many priests <laughs> I've talked to in, in my growing up and in my formation, yeah. formative years, yeah. where I would say, here is a situation. Is this right or is this wrong? Yes. Yes. Well, 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 well what, what do you think? I said, I mean, it's not what do I think. I'm asking you. You're supposed to have studied theology. Yeah. I want, is it morally correct? Is it morally wrong? Well, well what do you think? Well, I, I don't know. Well, what do you think? What do you mean, what do you think? It's a crazy if, question. If they, they, people people turned into, I don't know what they turned into. They, uh, there was the... I think there's a problem of spines or spinelessness, I should say. Yeah. Uh, uh, you know, we're afraid to say what's right is right, right and what's wrong is wrong. Look, our bishops, I've said this a thousand times, our bishops during the consecration of a bishop, there's yeah. a ceremony for the consecration. Part of it is they put the gospel open up on the man's back, the new bishops. Right. And they make him swear an oath. Remember right. what that oath is, Terry? Yes, I have it in front of me, actually. Yeah, go ahead. It's a very simple one. Yes. The oath is, do you swear to say yes when it's yes and no when it's no? Yes. <laughs> That's the whole oath. That's incredible. 
and most of them cannot perform it. They yep. can't. They they can't. They don't live that way. Yep. Yep. Well, that's a challenge. They can say yes when it's yes and no when it's no. It's amazing. It is, and and that's why we need to be praying every Thursday here at our chapel. We pray for priests as part of the Opus Angelorum spirituality because they need our prayers. Um, and I want to just mention something another bishop said that I found was very interesting. Bishop Robert Barron, who's also uh, calling for a boycott of the Dodgers. Thank you, Bishop uh, Barron. Good for him. Go he ahead. said, it's a sign of a corrupt church that stops thinking deeply about the truths of Christianity. A church that is against being precise about its teaching is a corrupt church. I use the word ambiguity. We have a lot of ambiguity today in the church. What does mm-hmm. the church really teach about homosexuality or same or, or, mar- or divorce? We have a lot of ambiguity, and I think we have to clean up that on that side. Father Murr, you think so? I, no, a lot. You think so? Yeah, a lot. When we come back from the break, well, first of all, let's take a minute to talk about how people can purchase your books. Uh, can you share it with us? And I'm twisting your arm because I want people to hear about it. How can they go? Do you just go to your name or website? Well, they can go. They can go to my name, Charles Murr. Mm-hmm. com. Great. And my website, or they are on Amazon. Excellent. Or Barnes and Noble. That's Perfect. When we come back, we're going to talk to Father Charles Murr on another error that's going on in the world and inside the church, equating love with kindness. Stay with us. Fascinating topic. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Terry and Jesse Show. To join the conversation, call 888-526-2151. Now, Here's Terry and Jesse. Actually, Father Murr sitting in for Jesse. Every time I talk to Father Murr, I feel like I'm at a Denny's restaurant. We're having this conversation of how we can introduce people to Jesus Christ and what we can do to help the church. And this is Monsignor Charles Pope's article about, you know, talking about errors inside the church and errors outside the church. And this is a big one. Uh, it's called equating love with kindness. You know, kindness is an aspect of love, but so is rebuke. Saying we don't have much rebuke anymore. So his punishment has its praise. See, we've got to have all of them. Can't be, you can't be selective. Yet today, many, even in the church, think of love only as kindness, affirmation, approval, encouragement, and positive attributes. But true love is at times willing to punish, to insist on change, and to rebuke error. I always think of what Fulton Sheen said, Father Murray, uh, sacrifice is the language of love. So we have to sacrifice. Right. Here he says, yet in our modern age, equating love with mere kindness says, if you really love me, you will affirm even and celebrate with what I do. In this sort of climax, the church teaching does not conform to the modern notions of sexuality. For example, the church is accused of hate simply because we don't affirm what people demand we affirm. You know, and it goes on and on. I think he's onto something. I mean, Every time we, we make any moral judgment, they're saying, oh, you're homophobic. Oh, you're, 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 you're judgmental. When all we're really doing is taking Christ's gospel, the good news, and saying this is our biblical worldview. This is what we believe God is telling us we need to follow, and then we become bigots. Am I on to something? Yeah, I think, I think you're on to something. I think you're on to something very, very, uh, very real. Uh, I think the re- that's the reason that we are attacked. Yeah. Uh, I love other people aren't attacked for their for their points of view. They can differ, and that 
But the churches, yeah. the churches attacked always yeah. because there's also a relationship between love and truth, isn't there? Yes, that's a very good point. All right. Love and truth. Well, we're, we're defending the truth and we defend it in love. And a lot of people do not want to hear that truth. Right. That's it. Well, good. I got one more if we got time to do it, and that is uh, misconstruing the nature of tolerance. I know Bishop Sheen has a comment about tolerance. Most people today equate tolerance with approval. Therefore, we may demand or ask for tolerance when we really are demanding approval. That's a good sentence right there. But he said, but tolerance is from a Latin, tolerate, to put up with uh, continence or suffer, as such as refers to the condition, endurance, or at, not, or, or at least non-interference with beliefs, actions, or practices that one considers to be wrong. One might tolerate them to some degree to prevent, for example, severe enforcement of a draconian penalties, an unnecessary intrusion into privacy. But if the ob object component is missing, we are not speaking of tolerance, toleration, but of indifference or affirmation. Indifference and affirmation. I think that's happening inside the church where we really aren't convicted on anything. It's like whatever, you have your truth, I have my truth. That's what I hear from that. Oh, good Lord. Yeah, your truth and my truth. I hear, I hear that. Every time I hear that, I'm ready to go to the moon. <laughs> it's the most ridiculous thing in the world, your truth and my truth. There is but the truth. Uh, this The idea of tolerance, yeah, tell me. the idea of tolerance should not be confounded with the idea of cowardice. Yes. Okay. And I think we've got a lot of cowards. We, we have a lot of cowards who are not willing to stand up for the truth. They're not willing to stand up for anything. Yeah. So they, don't even, they, don't, they don't even stand up for what they believe in. Yeah. And that's cowardice. That's not tolerance. I agree. Uh, especially, especially you can say, well, I don't want to get out in the street and protest. And Okay, you don't have to. Yeah. How, about, how about sitting at home and, and or, ordering your family, organizing your family? Let your family know that there are principles by which we live. People are even afraid of that. Yeah. They're afraid to tell their own children what is right and what's wrong. That's true. So, so, so yeah, a little bit of cowardice is, is, is in that tolerance. That's the problem. Yeah, and you know, Father Mer, the, um, the point we're making here is Catholics need to sober up a bit, if you know what I mean. Um, realize that when, when many people demand tolerance from us, they have no intention of extending it to us. It's not a two-way street. No, many of the same interest groups that demand tolerance are working to erode our religious liberty and are increasingly unwilling to tolerate religious views in the public square. Our constant caving into demands for false tolerance have only helped us usher in a great darkness and pressure to conform or to approve our serious sin. You know what I think of? Is the guy's name Chamberlain back in England when he was trying to be tolerant with the Germans? And he said, oh, no, no. Sure, because he, because he, had, he had convinced Hitler, yes, yeah. everything was fine. Oh, yeah. And what happened? No, everything wasn't fine. It seems to me like we want to put our head in the sand and say everything is fine in the church, when we look at 16, 17% of baptized Catholics going to Mass on Sunday, no, it's not fine. I'll tell you what, Terry, I think I think we're we're sort of waltzing around another issue. Tell me, what is it? In all of this. And first of all, let me just let me give a, make a, a brief commercial for Monsignor uh for Monsignor Pope. Yeah. 
uh, anyone who gets a chance to read uh, any article that he writes, he's also on YouTube. Yes, he is. You really should. You really should. He's a, a, a brilliant man and a great communicator. Yep. And he also speaks the truth, which is a fantastic combination. However, I think we're I think we're 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 skipping around something that should really be talked about Good. and hit on. We have a lot of we have a lot of people, including a lot of clergy, who have lost the faith. Oh yeah, supernatural. This is this is this is this is a That's great key. problem. Yeah, it is the so key. it's not it's not that you know it's not these other things. It's not these other you know tolerance or or a question of the, no, but they, to to a great degree they've ceased to believe. You're talking about liturgical abuses in the first part. Yeah. You're talking about these these points that Monsignor Pope is making. It comes down to a lot of people having lost the faith. Yeah. They 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 just they have they have. This I is, agree. This is really sad. It is, and you know, I remember Bishop Strickland at the bishops conference asking these brother bishops, "Do we really believe in the supernatural?" And yes. boy, he can you, he, can you imagine yeah, asking a bishop that? Yeah. 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 Now, Bishop Sheen had a quote that I thought was interesting. Way back in his book, the quotable Sheen, he said, "America is said is suffering from intolerance. It's not. It is suffering from tolerance, tolerance of right and wrong, truth and error, virtue and evil, Christ and our chaos. Our country is not nearly so over overrun with bigots, and it is overrun." with the broad-minded people. You know, Father, yeah. he nailed it because... Very, very, yes, very well put. Yeah. Very well put. And, and Father, before we break, I want to get a blessing, but also tell us about some of the books you've published and your latest book, because I want people, if they haven't picked them up, tease us about well, what are they going to get out of your book on Freemasonry. That's the number one book I hope everybody's reading. I think the, I think the book on Freemasonry is, well, it's simply the truth of what happened. Yeah. Uh, during the 1970s, the investigation of Cardinal Gagnon uh -huh. into Freemasonry, yes. commissioned by Pope Paul VI. Right. So it is what happened. I lived with him. Yep. We were close friends all the way until he died. That's that. The other book that uh, that is very good is uh, the, the the Godmother. Yes. I know it sounds mafioso, but it's not. It's about Mother Pasqualina, who was my godmother for ordination, and it's a it's a a lot of vignettes, a lot of stories that she told me about those post World War II years yes. until until the Vatican Council. Very uh, a lot of interesting stuff. Good. A lot of historical goodies. And I'm writing a book right now. What's that? Mary. On? What's that on? It's on narco traffic in Mexico. Oh my gosh! With my own personal experience of wow. it. Uh, contains it's I'm writing a this is this is going to sound a little bit crazy I'm trying this is the first time I'm trying to write a romantic novel <laughs> all right about the love between a, a man and a woman yeah. but brought in with with all of the the chaos of the the narco traffic years of, of the 1980s yeah. and it take this is based on a real story a wow. real story of uh, hor horrible 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 things and what has happened yeah. to Mexico into the United States. You but anyway, it. that's that. You asked me. I did ask you, and I'm going to ask you right now for a, a priestly blessing for our audience, please. Absolutely. May the blessing of Almighty God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost descend upon you all and remain forever. Amen. Thank you so much, Father Murr. Thank you, Terry. Thank you. Again, another time. God love you. Always a pleasure. You got Ciao, it. kiddo. Yep. Folks, I want to mention that Jess will be back tomorrow, and I always say this to Jess Romero. You know, what state should we be living in? And I, he says, the state of grace. And I said, yes, that's right. 
especially if you're going to be going to Dodger Stadium, I want to recommend all of us go to Confession. I went yesterday because we want to be living in the state of grace, especially when we're fighting evil and we're making reparation for sacrileges. You know, have that rosary in your hands. We're going to be praying litanies. We're going to be making reparation for these sins in public. And, uh, you know, remember what Our Lady of Fatima said. She said, souls are going to hell because no one is there to pray and make sacrifices. What sacrifices? Hey, that means we got to go out and, and bring our, uh, equipment and, and PA systems and, and all kinds of things to organize to get this to happen. And we're happy to do that. And I want to thank you already. I've got people donating at the Eucharistic procession yesterday. They said, yeah, Terry, I know it's going to take some money to put this event on with five, ten thousand 10,000 people. Here, write, he writes us a check. And I thank you. And if you want to participate in supporting us financially and also prayerfully, just go to vmpr.org. That's our website. And you can secure a donation. Or if you want to call me and say, Terry, I just want to say, God bless you. Keep doing what you're doing. For 44 years, I've been doing this. So, you know, I'm not going to stop because of this Dodger Stadium thing. No. But if you want to call me, 661-972-7872. My phone's burning up. I've got many texts that I've got to get to from the show. But the bottom line is we're here to serve the body of Christ and, again, to make reparation for the sins and blasphemies that are going on in our culture today. And there's so many of them. And I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart, that you've supported us here at Virgin Most Powerful Radio because, let's be honest, some people think we're a little over the top. Why? Because we don't compromise. No. We continue to fight the good fight. And our model right here is this. Never worry about who will be offended if you speak the truth. Worry about who will be misled, deceived, and destroyed if you don't. That's us here. Clarity and Charity here at Virgin Most Powerful Radio. Jess will be back tomorrow. We have the men's conference coming up on Saturday. If you haven't signed up for that, there's still time to do it. Call us at 877-526-2151. Remember, you're coming to Dodger Stadium. We're going to have all kinds of goodies in the sense of conveniences of bathrooms or porta-potties. You can get some water if you forget your water bottle. Bring your chairs so you can have somewhere to sit in that parking lot number 13 at Dodger Stadium on Friday the 16th, Feast of the Sacred Heart of Jesus. May God richly bless you and your family and stay with us here on Virgin Most Powerful Radio. We have one goal, to help save souls here and by teaching the perennial teaching with a positive faith. Stick with us.